okay 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 so here we are we're here yay um happy tuesday everyone where i'm at in williston it's gloomy you know it's that early springtime um before i start this i just i i want to say a prayer dear god we've been discussing this for a couple days now i pray you just be with me to let the correct words come out of my mouth so i don't sound like garbled confusion or foreign language that nobody can understand i just want to be clear with the things that i have been thinking about you know i have difficulty saying these words i now know how moses feels oh in your name i pray i love you so much amen you guys um oh so how i'm just gonna start this is with everything going on in the world i've noticed as well as myself this is from a personal experience when i come and do these things i'm going through things myself or i have just been through something and i want to share what i'm actually going through not just like i'm just reading it from a book and i just want to relay some but paraphrase somebody else's educated like knowledge i'm actually going through these things and this is my journey of healing with god to come out of this whatever I became through the traumas and the drinking and the self-medication and you know all that stuff became a garbled thing and you know I'm sharing what I've been through and what I've had to go through to peel back these layers that are painful sometimes and it's sometimes also difficult to find the correct person to talk to so you end up doing it on your own and so I'm just sharing what I'm going through and hopefully it helps somebody else to give them a direction to help them peel back the layers so what I'm actually going through <laughs> so springtime I've noticed and with myself that there's a lot of people who struggle with mental health and their trauma they really struggle in the springtime um, I've seen a lot of posts of suicide related okay and I'm not saying I've attempted suicide but I have thought it through and so I understand the depths of the pain and suffering that suffocate a person internally that will drive them to do anything to shut it up okay um talking about suicide is a very scary thing because a person who has never felt that internal suffocating grinding pain and suffering they just can't understand why another person would even contemplate thinking about taking their own life but you know when drugs and alcohol no longer do the trick you like the next best thing is just i just can't take it anymore there i get it in people there are pains that deep inside a person that are so painful you can't see it um so i do understand why people do it and i get it um and i understand why people think about it and it's not a scary thing 
if you're willing to be open about it, but it is scary to share. That being said, springtime is really hard on mental health. Um, and I realized a couple of weeks ago that usually, unless I've been bound by the law, they were going to throw me in jail if I drank. You know, I was on 24-7. Unless I was bound by that law, I always had a relapse. In fact, last year, by this time, I was already nosediving. Going to crash and burn, no survivors. I was... Man, it was up in flames. Um, and I was headed there. And so I realized, oh man, this is going to be the first year that I come into a new season into summer going through the spring process of change okay and i'm not going to drink to self-medicate i actually have to sit in these emotions that terrified me um i spent a good week sitting in fear terrified of what i was going to experience uh because I know what that pain is. I felt enough of it. I'm sick and tired of it. Like, when is it ever going to end? Sometimes that goes through my mind. When is it going to end? And so I was terrified. I was like, I can't drink. I'm going to feel some stuff that I don't want to feel. And I'm not going to like it. And it's scary. Um, I was more afraid of the internal pain than I was of actually relapsing. That's... That's how painful this internal pain can be, you guys. So where does the internal pain come from? Uh, where does the mental illness come from? Well, guess what, you guys? It comes from trauma. Pro trauma. And to heal from trauma it doesn't take a day. It doesn't take a year. I've been trying to do this for years. And it's still layer by layer by layer by layer. I mean, if God ripped it all off at once, I would have probably died I couldn't have handled it we just cannot handle ripping all those open wounds at once so it's been layer by layer by hmm, hairline layer um so once I realized I had this fear I was going to experience these emotions right and I wasn't going to be able to self-medicate uh I became highly anxious like so highly anxious, a highly anxious person is somebody who is hypersensitive about everything that goes on around them. Everything. Every little thing will trigger you. Even sounds. I was so sensitive that even the sound of opening doors, I was like, oh. I was like back in my childhood again. What is it? What's going to happen? What's going to be? And it sounds crazy because I'm living a life where I shouldn't be like that. But that's the way I became by being so driven in those fears and when you get so highly anxious every little thing will set you off so everything just seemed to just explode around me um and after I spent a good week sitting in that fear uh I became very depressed the thing about anxiety is it get your blood flowing right it's like high blood pressure it will get your blood flowing really really fast and it forces our veins to open wider to accommodate for the fast flowing blood pressure that we have from anxiety so now you've expanded the blood vessels in your brain especially especially in your brain so you've 
inflamed the brain. This is inflammation in the brain, you guys, okay? So what happens after high anxiety is that deflates and the veins start to deflate. But what it's really like is airing up a balloon and then deflating it and you feel like that. You just feel deflated, okay? And you have all this pain and depression because you've been highly anxious and now you're just at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, okay? So here I am at the bottom. Here I am in the emotions that I was scared to deal with, okay? The things that I've been running from for years, uh, years, 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 Whew. and what I found out by going into the depths of my mind, I was having a conversation with myself, God's right here, trying to love me, and I'm like, I don't care, I don't care, I go, I can't do it, I can't deal with this, I can't do this, I can't, I felt every time there was this welling coming up and because I was already scared of it, I would go like this and emotionally shut it down, okay? I felt it. I'm very highly aware of who I am because I've peeled back enough layers, okay? All these videos I've done, everything I've done, I've been peeling back layers. Now I'm at the core of everything. And I could feel it welling up. It was like this. It was like a welling And I was like, well, I don't want to deal with it because it's probably really ugly. But even if it's good, I don't want to deal with it. And I would force myself to push down this whatever it was like this. I'm not going to feel it. And I would become emotionally numb. Okay? And a lot of us unknowingly, we do this uh, unconsciously. We just become emotionally numb to feeling things. It's, it's like second nature. We don't even think about it. I've uncovered enough layers where now I'm quite aware that I'm doing this. But most people who have been through trauma, they don't realize they do this. They just suffocate all emotions. It's, it comes from learning to survive. It's a survival skill. Okay. So why do I do this? Why was I suffocating this? Uh... You have to start asking the whys, you guys. I started asking myself why. I spent a couple of days doing this, and I really had two parts of me, you guys. This is where people call split personality. If you've been through trauma, you have it, okay? We have the part of ourselves that abuses us ourselves internally. We become the abuser that abused us in our childhood trauma. I'm just going to be flat out with it. I internally had this person that loved myself and on the other side was the person I became out of my trauma was the very thing that abused me I just did it to myself okay and once I realized that as I'm sitting on my couch realizing holy man I'm just sitting here abusing myself at the at the bottom of the pit when I got down there there was this part of me that wasn't going to allow myself to feel love. Okay? And it was going to suffocate whatever was coming out, which was probably love. And it was going to suffocate anything from coming in, which was love. Okay? And while I was at it, I was going to 
repeat every narrative that I had been told throughout my life, all of it, through my childhood, through the relationships I chose, all of those things I, I've been trying to overcome came back. And I kept telling myself these things. You can't do this. You're not going to be able to do this. Um, you know, you're, you know, a lot of it's like with appearance and the person I am because I'm such a terrible person because of the things I've done. You know, I repeat those narratives. And uh, you guys, this is what we do in the spring. I don't want to get off track on this. Where do I want to stay? Don't let me lose track, God. So I'm just going to keep on how I got through it. And then, so I realized I did this and I realized I had a choice to make, right? Here I am. I'm finally faced with the thing I'm running away from the most. Guess what I'm running away from? I'm running away from the ugliest part of myself, okay? Um, where did this part come from? Some of you might ask, Christine, where did this other part come from? It was created in my childhood, okay? I took it on, this is what happens. And I'll bring up a particular moment. I got on the honor roll at like 14. And I didn't know I was on the honor roll. But my stepfather's parents mentioned it and they were proud. They were like, Christine, you got on the honor roll. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got on the honor roll, right? right? I got on the honor roll. And he walked up to me and he goes, you must think you're really something. And I can't even make the face that he made to me because... <laughs> Uh, I can't. He was just, he was mean. He was really psychologically abusive. Like, he messed me up. And I remember, and then he walked away, and I was like, what? I didn't even know. I, he beat me down for something that was a good thing. After I got a congratulatory, he had to come up behind and beat me down. And it was then I realized I wasn't going to feel any good that came from what his parents said. I was never allowed to feel that goodness. Okay, I'm going to tell you right here. This is what it comes. This is where we learn to suffocate these emotions. This is making me, whew. okay, calm down, Christine, calm down, calm down. Okay, because in that moment, I learned I could never enjoy a compliment. I could never enjoy being told I did something good because he came up right behind me and he destroyed it internally. And in order for me to not feel the pain of the way he looked at me, the way he talked to me, the way he just crushed me, to not feel him crushing me, I had to harden like a shell like this, which means no good, and no bad. I hardened like this and I just began to block everything. I wasn't going to feel the good of what they said. It wasn't true because he came up behind me and he made it feel like I couldn't. Why did I believe him? Because I lived with him. He was 24-7 all the time. The man controlled my life so that became the mental routine. When you spend that much time with somebody who does that to you, that will become your mental routine and pretty soon you'll stop thinking about it, right? 
So we grow up as adults believing the narrative go away. Anyway, we believe that narrative that there must be something wrong with us for an adult who's an adult, who's a grown adult. This is what we internalize without even thinking it is as kids. Because you guys, kids, they don't, we don't understand. I didn't understand. But I sub- unconsciously, subconsciously internalize that there must be something wrong with me for my mother to have never done anything and she saw it happen and for my stepfather to treat me this way and for nobody to ever say anything I must deserve what I get even though I know it's wrong okay even though I even as an adult I knew what he what he did was wrong but I still took on that emotional There must be something wrong with me, which is insecurity, worthlessness, all of those other things, right? So now somebody else's brokenness has now become my trauma. Now here it is, my trauma. And then I went years without dealing with it, you know, just thought that this was the way life was and I had to put up with it because that was my childhood. I thought that's the way life was. I had to put up with it. So then I get into now, okay? I come into this spring and I actually have to start peeling back another layer. You guys, and not everybody can reach this core layer. You just gotta start with the basics. Why am I feeling the way I feel? Do I believe that that's true? You know, who am I really? But for me, when I got to the core and I realized I internally created another part of myself that in my darkest moment would come up and just start crushing me. And and I've been doing this my whole life, um, especially during the springtime. And uh, I've had enough. And I've, I made the choice that that's not my life and that is not what I'm going to believe. So do, how do you... How, Christine, how did... You, how did you get out of that slump and how did you deal with that ugly part of yourself? I get, I internally hugged myself and that part of me that believed that, I hugged it. And I said, you know what? That's an ugly part of me. And I said, God, you know, this, there's this ugly, mean part of me that doesn't like myself, that doesn't like me, but that's okay. I know where it came from now. So I understand it. So when I fall into this, I understand now the pattern and the process in which it started to grow, okay? This is a lot of things with mental health, you guys. When it comes to mental health, a lot of people don't know how to get past understanding what this anxiety is, okay? Anxiety is when we become very, very sensitive and everything is going to trip us off. We become very sensitive, why? Why is it that in times when we don't see anything, right? Spring especially, we don't see why or understand why we feel the way we feel in the spring. I'm going to pick spring because spring is a hard time. Why is it so hard? I don't understand why, why it's hard. Because it's a time of change. And because we can't see what's happening and truly we're being asked to change. The process of change. We all have to change in this world. Okay, bigger picture, God created the world. 
God created the trees, created the grass. Guess what? God created us and we all flow in this season of change. Okay? Just like just like the trees. We're just like the trees. We're just more intelligent. Well, some people. So I'm going to give this analogy, right? And thank God there was a branch that busted off because I didn't have to cut a branch because I couldn't find any of my my plants. But if, if any of you have house plants, you'll see this. Some of you guys have house plants. On here, you see buds. These little things are buds. This is a recently broken plant, right? In the winter time, you have these hardened nubs on here. There's a bunch of hardened nubs and they grow and they're still hardened into these buds, you guys. And I did a video last year, the process of springtime, how these unbudded, right? And um, if any of you want to look outside, take a walk every day and look at the trees. Watch your tree in your front yard. Watch the process of change. That is how we are supposed to change in the season, okay? But it's hard. So on the exterior, it's still hardened, you guys. It's like this tree is going to have to push through a wall, okay? And eventually it does. It pushes through and lets go of this hardened shell, right? It'll let go of this hardened shell if it pushes through. And for this particular tree, a flowers will bloom where these buds are at. And then the leaves of the flowers will fall off and then a leaf will come. And that leaf serves a purpose of loving the birds and the giving us shade. It provides love, however you want to see it. The trees out in my front yard, I love them. They provide me shade, the, the birds, the squirrels and all of that. They provide love. So what's really going on, you guys, is within us, how God has intelligently built us is we are built with an endless river of love within us, okay? And it should naturally flow out like this during the seasons of change. We change every season. The way we love people, the people that come in our lives, the people that leave our lives, the jobs we have, our children, the things we experience, but it will all flow in a circle of love. Everything is rooted in love, okay? God is love. And just like this tree, because God is loving the world and it's raining, that rain, which is love, will water the trees, which will help this tree push out that leaf, and that leaf will, will provide shade and food and stuff for the birds. That's love, okay? That's the process of love. For us as human beings that God created, we have this love that he's been stirring up in the winter. We've built this protective shell because we had to stay warm. In North Dakota, we had to stay warm, you know. So we've been hibernating. We got this protective shell. Now here comes spring and here comes this love. And it needs to come out. And you guys, I felt it. I felt it when I was sitting on my couch and I realized this thing that was trying to come up out of me was love. I become hardened 
by my anxiety and, and this change that I can't see and this fear that the love that was trying to come out of me, I was trying to suffocate. Why was I trying to suffocate it? Follow my train of thought here? I was trying to suffocate it because that's how I was raised. I was raised to suffocate love. I was raised that I wasn't allowed to love. I couldn't love myself. I was raised to hate myself. Anybody who's experienced trauma, the person who has inflicted the trauma is basically, you know, saying you need to hate yourself. Not that they, not all is intentional, you guys. They are powerless, just so you know. They're broken inside. Just like my stepfather, for example, he could not stand the fact of seeing love happen in front of him. I couldn't spend time with my mother and love her. I couldn't like hug her and kiss her. I don't remember hugging and kissing my mother as a child. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember hugging and kissing my father. I couldn't hug my brother. I always had to be angry. There was always some, had to be some conflict, you know. And with my stepfather, Pete, it was either he got all the attention or nobody got attention. And he would isolate. You know, we weren't allowed in the house during the summer. Stuff like that. It was weird. I look back and he was messed up. And I'm just like, what an isolation. And so because I was raised in an environment where we weren't allowed to love, that became natural to me to suffocate it. It became like I did... I didn't know there was anything wrong with me in my 20s and in my early 30s until I had this addiction that I didn't understand. Then I knew there was something really messed up with me because this isn't normal. But now that I've peeled back the layers, I've realized anybody and anybody who's been through trauma, that trauma has taught you to suffocate out of survival any goodness that comes out because whenever goodness came out you were either punished or punished or taught that that was wrong or punished or made to feel bad so why would you allow something to happen that keeps getting you hurt that's called survival so out of survival we have all created this shell that's drama and it keeps the good stuff from coming out. And it's scary, you guys. You feel this welling of things that you you feel. You're like, what is this? It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to feel like these things that you don't understand. Like for me, I was like, oh, I don't know if it's something bad or something good. I just don't want to deal with it. But what it truly was, was I wasn't going to allow love up. And now that I was able to realize, because that's how I was raised. Huh. Peeling back those layers. My son's coming home from school. It's hard to talk to my kids. I don't multitask, you guys. I am not a multitasker, ever. Hey. Hey. Hi. How's school? Good. I'm doing a video. Oh. <laughs> I know, I saw your face, I was like. <laughs>
I'll let you know when I'm done. So, train of thought, back to train of thought. In trauma, undealt with trauma. And you guys, any progress is good progress. This has taken a long time for me and many fallbacks. My relapse last year, it put my dick in the dirt. That's the nice that's the nicest way. I I fell so far apart. I was willing to do everything and anything to figure out why why this was happening and now coming back around into this, you guys. And let me tell you, I talk with God all day long. This isn't me reading it just out of the Bible, none of that. When I say I have a relationship with God, I talk to him all day long. Like something will trigger me and I'll be like, why, why, why? When I was in that very fearful week, I kept going over it with God. I was like, God, I'm scared. I don't, I don't know. And I started going through all the, all the worst painful moments I've had. I started going, I don't know if I can handle that again. Like, and he kept saying, I got you, I got you, you know, and I have systems in place where, you know, I, I am surrounded by people who do love me and I know that I, I'm not going to relapse this year, but man, it's just the fear and fear is in the head. We created ourselves and we create, we amp up our anxiety, you know, suicide that's why it happens. Because people don't know how to talk about what's going on inside of them like this. And when they do, somebody who's never been there, they get scared and they do the worst things. They handle it in the worst way instead of just listening. Uh, I've been involuntarily committed because people thought I was going to commit suicide just because my behavior was erratic. And that's, I look back and I'm like, how did you do that? I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking that. And in that moment when that happened, when people handled even the idea of me committing suicide by doing that behind my back, that made me, it, I, sh I remember I was like, I'll never talk to another person again. I clammed up. Um, I said I was never going to talk to anybody about what was going on inside of me. And I was going through my spiritual awakening. And so I was like, I'm never telling anybody. It just sounds crazy. I'm just going to keep it to myself. I'm never going to talk about any of this with anybody. It took years. That was 2019, 2021. Last year I started AA is when I really started letting stuff out with other people. It took that long for me to start trusting people again. So I get it. I get why people internalize all these emotions and they don't know how to turn to somebody because like what happens internally, we don't even understand it. Like it hurts so bad and it's not a physical pain. It's like, I remember journaling it out. There was a part of me, I was like, I just want this fucking bitch to drown in the river. 
And uh, I journal everything, you guys. And I remember thinking, I just want this fucking bitch to drown. And I'm talking about myself. I want her to drown in the river. I want to hold her by the throat. And I want to see her suffocate underneath the surface of the water. And I want to see the pain. Why did I want to do that? Because there was a part of me, this other side of me, that had been created out of my trauma that was abusing myself and I hated that part of me. I just wanted to stop. But the way to make that stop is to really start digging at it. The whys, the why, why. And let your mind go to the depths. You know, there's um, Star Wars. The last couple of movies, there was a young girl. She went to the old, you know, I can't even think, I can't remember. Um, the good guys. Anyway, he was on an island and uh, she, she found the black, she found like the opening to hell. As she went into the depths of hell or whatever, and he was like, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, don't go into the darkness because it'll suck you in and, and never let you come back. And I remember seeing that part and I was like, I don't know though. When you go into the depths of the darkness and you explore that part of yourself and you love that part of yourself, it's no longer scary. You're just like, yeah, that's there. And now I get it. Like having watched that and been through this last month, I realized I went to the darkest part of my mind and I went to the depths of my own self-created hell internally and I embraced it with love and I'm okay. So anyway, you guys, that's what I want to talk about and I want to share and it's okay. It's okay. These things are okay. Why? Because a lot of people have gone through trauma. More people than will ever come forward. We're not alone. Nobody's ever alone. Um, it's just a hard thing to talk about. But you are okay. Nobody's perfect. There's parts of me that'll never be fixed. And that's just the way it's going to be. And God loves me anyway. Not just God saying it in a book. I've talked to God about these things. I was like, you know what? One day I was like, I don't know if I'll ever change the way I react to something. If somebody puts me in a corner, I might get defensive and like to try to take them down. I get very verbally violent and I, I get very emotionally like defensive and I feel like I'm justified. I was like, I don't know if that'll ever go away. Well, guess what? God gave me a hug and he said, I love you anyway. There's parts of me that'll never conform to the laws of the Bible but God loves me anyway. You guys, there's lots of stories in the Bible of people who are not perfect. And I've had to learn to love myself. And I go to church and I've learned that, you know what? There's things about me that don't conform to the church, what we would think standards. And you know what? That's okay because that's not, I'm not going to be somebody who I'm not. And that's okay. Be who you are. Um, what do I got to say to somebody who goes where do I start I don't know let yourself cry let yourself feel the emotions turn on some meditation music write it out you know what pull up a memory you're stuck on in your childhood this is where I would start this is what it took me I had to go back to a memory that I just that kept repeating in my mind just like I did with the one with the um 
honor roll, okay? Right? That story stuck through my mind for a long time. Why? Because he hurt. But why? Because I'd be here today to talk about how I was trying to block love, right? That was a significant moment in my life that created a narrative that I carried into my adulthood. That's why you find those memories that keep triggering in your mind from your childhood. They do that because they have created an unhealthy narrative in your life that you need to address, to heal from. So find that memory. Dwell on it. And it doesn't take one day, you guys. When you find a memory like that, there's layers to that memory. It could take days, it could take weeks, it could take years. So when you decide to do this, give yourself the time and the space and don't set expectations of I need to heal from it now. Just present it to yourself and be like, here it is. Write about it. Allow the memories to process through your mind. Allow the emotional roller coaster to happen because that's what's going to happen. You're going to go through an emo emotional roller coaster. Start peeling back the layers of that memory. Start asking yourself the, the whys. Why? Why? Don't just accept it for what it is. Start asking yourself the why. That's when you start digging at the heart of those things. I think that was okay. I think that was okay, God. Anyway, I do love you guys. And I really want to say we can. And, you know, I heard this in AA. And this was really powerful. A woman, and I just, I admire her. Because she is so honest and vulnerable. She looked around one day because there was, a, like, a lot of suicide happens during this time and she looked everybody in the eye and she goes I would rather see somebody relapse or get loaded than watch them take their own life and I felt that and I'm with that like relapsing shit but when you take your own life you can't come back from that I mean you know, God will love you anyway, okay? Just so you know. God loves us anyway. Our souls are his. That's why Jesus died. Huh? You know, our souls belong to God. If you want to understand the depths of that, that's something you'll have to take up with God. So you guys, I do love you, and I hope this gets, I hope this helps somebody. If anything, just so you guys know, this helped me. And I know that sounds selfish, but that's why, you know, a lot of this has been my way of peeling back the layers. And it may be a little bit publicly, but I've done worse things publicly. But it has helped me because I've gotten real with myself. And I've had to be honest. And I've had to really think about what I've said. So I do love you guys. And I hope you have a beautiful day. God bless.